0: Well, I didn't know this, but I have the opportunity to, to uh, introduce one of my favorite people in the whole world. She's such a, so much of a favorite, I actually married her. <laughs> I fell in love with Susan because she was wild and free, and then I spent 17 years trying to domesticate her, and it didn't work, thankfully. Thankfully, it did not work. <laughs> So, so you get the wild and free, genuine Susan Folkler tonight. Come on up, I love you. Aww. No, no, no keynote tonight. Sorry. And I, before I start, though, I just have to say, Pam, thank you. That touched me and so many of us very deeply. And I know it, it's not about the words. It's about the heart. It really is. Thank you for showing us your heart. It was beautiful. We're all weak and utterly dependent on him, aren't we? We just all don't always know it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have a keynote tonight, but... Um, As I was praying and just, gee, what should I what should I share about Jesus? I really felt like he wanted me to talk about an aspect of who he is, who Jesus is as our reconciler, the one we go to for reconciliation. And I want to focus on especially when there's like Bill was talking about earlier, when there's something going on in our lives and our heart and just things aren't working there's ways we can come to him and find that reconciliation for the disconnect yeah cuz that's what he's all about he came to set us free he came for we could li- so we could live wholehearted lives so we could be free in him to be everything he designed us to be so i'm just let's just pray jesus would you just just we ask for more of your presence even as um as as i'm speaking god would you just speak to our hearts lord more than the words speak to our hearts what you want us to hear and know about who you are for us jesus we know um we know you love us, but God, we're we're on a journey to discover the depths of your love, because we know we'll never get there. <laughs> we will never get to the fullness, but Jesus, we want more tonight, and we need more tonight, Jesus. So just reveal to us just how really good you are in a new way, in a fresh way, just like we were... Other, some of us experienced earlier today, God, there's, you're just always doing something new in our life. You're always opening up a new door, a new window, God. It's who you are. So, um, yeah, Jesus, just be, be just with us and, um, and give me your, the words you have for me tonight, Jesus, in your name. Yeah. Amen, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we all know. We're all good Christians in this room. We all know he loves us, don't we? We all know it. We all know it right there. We know it right here. So why is it sometimes we don't know it down here in the heart? Do you know what I mean? Like we really know he loves us. We know the scriptures. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But then sometimes we come into a stuck place where we struggle to know. In that way of feeling it, knowing it, believing it in the depth of our being, knowing. Um, And I think, as I was praying about this, certainly what I've seen in my own heart, and as I've ministered to different people, um, one of those places where we get stuck is where we've had judgments against ourselves. So I want to talk about that tonight a bit. Because... You know, what, what helped people get breakthroughs today is we did some listening prayer. We listened to what he had to say. And it's interesting, when we stop and we listen to what he has to say, he answers. <laughs> but, but sometimes we just need to know how to ask and how to position ourselves. So we're kind of going to go after that tonight a little bit. We hold things against ourselves sometimes that Jesus would never hold against us. Because maybe we get that impression from people or just from this world. This world that's very um, sort of legalistic and cause and effect. And if we do something bad, we deserve punishment. And all those kind of messages we get. But that's, like like Brent was saying earlier, God is so non-linear. He does not think cause and effect like we do. He's thinking in such a bigger, uber-dimensional picture than we ever could begin to. He's amazing. He's amazing. So what does it mean for God to be a reconciler? Well, the definition of reconciliation is the process of finding a way to make two different ideas, two different facts exist or be true at the same time. Two different opposing things needing somehow to be adjusted so they can coexist in the same, sp- in the same space, right? So I'm going to guess it's not Jesus that needs to change. <laughs> I think it's usually something in us that's got a skewed perspective on things. That's what, where the reconciliation needs to take place. So that we can absolutely come into agreement. With the one who loves us with a perfect love, a perfect, unconditional love that never runs out, that never gets tired, that never um, gives up on us, that never loses patience, that never gets frustrated, that always understands. Does he always agree with us? No. But he always loves us, and he's always waiting for us. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So there's his answer. It's like easy. Whatever that thing is, I make it righteous. We can coexist in that same place because I'm righteous too. That's the reconciliation he's inviting us into. So we can come to him anytime, place, because Jesus walked on this earth. He faced those same disconnects that we have to face. Those same struggles, those same dis- disappointments. He did it. I just like... Uh, it's it's amazing to me that he did, he did the same thing. I mean, this is what God chose to have happen. He chose to come to Earth and live like us. He didn't have to do that. I don't know how what he could have chosen to do, but that's what he chose. He said, "I want to be in their skin. I want to know what it feels like to be rejected. I know what want to know what it is to face the limitations they face, to be hungry, to be lonely, to be thirsty, to whatever." He wanted wanted that experience so that he goes, I really, really understand what's going on inside of you. Hebrews 4, we have, and this is the passion, we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity. He does. For as a man, our magnificent king-priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. So now, because we know when we come to him, we come to someone with utter compassion for us. We come boldly and freely to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. He understands always there is nothing. He cannot sit with us. There is no level of pain. He cannot be with us in every way. Wanted to share a little experience I had. Well, uh some it was this was years ago. I was up at Bethel Church during worship and he took me, you know how sometimes when you're in a really deep place of worship and took me into an experience. And I think I shared this, but it's been a lot many years ago, so I felt to share this again. And I was just walking with Jesus. We're just walking along side by side and he started pulling something out of his heart and putting it into my heart. And pulling something out of his heart and putting it into my heart. It's like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? And he was showing me it was like the pacemaker of his heart. And if you know anything about the heart, the pacemaker is in the upper right corner of the heart. It paces the whole heart. The heart works as one. So you get a little beat going in the upper part of the heart. The whole heart beats. The whole heart beats in the rhythm in response to whatever is pacing your heart. And he's saying, what paces my heart is love. What paces everything I do, everything I think is love. And he said, I want you to know that. I want you to know that same thing. Everything you do, every aspect of his being, is is primarily, foundationally, love. And there's a lot of things that he is for us, and I'm going to go over that in a little bit but it's love, 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 unconditional love with every beat of his heart for us. In everything he does, in everything he says, his hopes, his dreams, his being with us, it's foundationally love. And as we, did, as we walked, he then opened this door and we entered into this courtroom, this courtroom in heaven, And he went down onto the dais, and there he was sitting on like the judge's chair, whatever it was. And it was a courtroom full of people. And he invited me to come down there and stand with him because he was calling court. There was people coming forward for judgment. And this is what I want you to hear about, what judgment looks like. From Jesus, because we sometimes have issues and struggles and places we've gotten stuck in our life. And we feel we judge ourselves. We don't know that we can come to Him for judgment because we're maybe afraid. But the judgment we receive when we face Him is so filled with love and reconciliation, it does not look anything like the judgment we face here on earth. John 5.26 says this, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he's the Son of Man. Jesus sits there on the judgment seat because he was as us. The Father chose it to be that way. It wasn't Father. It's Jesus. When we judge ourselves, you see, we stand in the judgment seat and we make this decision, I am the final judge. Jesus wants us to give over that, surrender that to him and give him that authority in our life to be that judge. Now, I was raised in a real environment of a lot of judgment. I just felt, Kind of constantly judge, constantly like I was doing something wrong. I became very judgmental, very critical for, me, you know. There's still times I definitely fall into that again. Um, but it was always a wrong, a negative thing. It was always um, being a failure. It was always messing up, needing to be punished. There was never any sense of life coming out of it. But the scripture says right there, life. Father has life, Jesus has life, and it's in that sense this word that's so scary, this judgment word, is actually not such a scary word at all. The whole purpose of that was to bring reconciliation and life and set things straight so that we all become who we really are in Christ. I think this is one of our big struggles when we, we, when we look at scriptures like that, and we go, I don't, know what, I don't want to even know what that means, that Jesus is a judge. I don't. Because we as human beings in our finiteness, we have a hard time. We tend to want to, uh, once we get on thinking about one thing, one aspect of God, that seems to be the whole thing, the color of the whole thing. Right? So if we're focusing on the love of God, oh, he's all about love. We're focusing on his peace, oh, it's all about peace. Focusing on his goodness, it's all about his goodness. But he's all of those things all at once. It's, it's beyond what we can comprehend, isn't it? Psalm um, thirty-six, five through seven. Again, the passion. But you, O Lord, your mercy, seat, love. Listen to all the aspects of who God is here, all in the same like phrase. Your mercy seat love is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. Your great faithfulness is so infinite, stretching over the whole earth. Your righteousness is immovable. Just like the mighty mountains, your judgments are full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. Your tender care, your kindness leave no one forgotten. Not a man, nor even a mouse. Oh, God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. So he's merciful. He's faithful. He's righteous. he's, He's the judge. He's wise. He's tender and caring and kind. All at the same time. All at the same time. All of those things. When we come to him, he's bringing all of those things. So sitting in front of the judgment seat, I started to see, well, sitting next to him, see how different it was. He was treating people than you might expect in a court of law down here. The one woman came up and she was a very bitter woman old a bitter old woman who was called forward to come before the before the judge before Jesus she'd been really she was really harsh she had pretty much shut off all family all friends um Life had been so unfair to her, and she was kind of stuck in that place of life is just unfair. Nothing good's ever going to happen. Nobody's ever going to be nice, and she was stuck there. Her face was hard. Her, She was downcast. She was doubting. She just knew what was coming as she headed up to be before him. She knew it wasn't going to be good. He spoke kindly. He spoke clearly to her. He said... I am so for you. I am so for you. You have been judging yourself for a very, very long time, as someone nobody could be kind to. She she was asked if she was willing to repent. She didn't know what it was she was supposed to repent of. He waited. He smiled. He was patient. She could start feeling his kindness. She could start feeling that maybe she'd made a lot of mistakes, maybe she had burned a lot of bridges, but he wasn't even looking at those things. What he was looking at was how she had treated her own heart. That's what mattered. That's what the judge was looking at. How have you treated your own heart? He started pouring out his affection and his tenderness to her. Just like he would a newborn baby. Because in his eyes, there was no difference. A pure newborn baby, just as loved, just as precious, just as tend- much tenderness. He was pouring out towards her. And she suddenly realized, <laughs> you know, just like that scripture, there was this huge old log in her eyes. She's going, Oh my gosh, I get it now. I've been looking through this thing and I've been seeing that everybody else is judging me and everybody else is rejecting me, and it's been me the whole time perceiving things that way. Yeah, that was Christ's judgment for her. It's how you viewed yourself, put that log in the eye. And she then she realized, oh my gosh, I'm the one standing on the judgment seat, and I'm standing on a judgment seat taller than the one Jesus is. <laughs> so the minute she took that thing out, she stepped down, It was like total countenance change. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I've been looking for rejection. I've been expecting it. It's all I've been able to see." And suddenly, she was able to start receiving his love and his affection that she'd been the one rejecting it that whole time. Second, a second person that came forward. This was a woman who had had an abortion. And she was sad, oppressed. She was ready to come forward and say, Lord, forgive me, I had an abortion, I made a mistake, it was awful. And really, she also was not expecting to be forgiven. But really, that wasn't the problem at all. We get so focused on what we do or we don't do as being the problem. Our actions is what we focus on. Jesus is always looking at the heart. And he was just pouring out his kindness, his tenderness towards her. It really wasn't about killing the baby. The problem was she was more concerned about what other people thought then she was willing to listen to her own heart. That was the issue that was the problem. When she started realizing this, she just, her heart melted, and she just was able to look up into his smiling, shining face to realize You love my heart. You love how I make decisions. I can make good decisions. I can trust you. I can believe you have hope and good things for me. And she was able to lift her high. It's just like that shame just started falling off of her. And as she reached out towards him, a baby filled her arms. New hope for the future. New hope that she could trust her own heart that she had never been able to trust before. One more story. Actually, this is a story, not from that, there was a couple, there were several more um, people that came forward, but it was... It was the same thing again and again and again and again. People coming to Jesus expecting to hear what was wrong with them. And he would have a word that would bring a complete reconciliation of their heart, a word that would help them let go of the way they judged themselves and received that word of wisdom and truth and love that brought about a reconciliation and a, resu- a, a realization of who they really were and what they were really capable of. So I want to share a story about a, a gentleman I met at the New Living Expo a couple weeks ago. Um, I was, I think it was Michelle Tripp and I were, were ministering, and this old, old gentleman came in. I don't know. He had to be maybe 80s. He was up there. And... Um, He's very disheveled, clothes were kind of torn, um, and very, very sad, very, very sad-looking gentleman. In fact, he um, I felt very sad for him, too, because I don't know if you've ever seen this, but he had, like, black stuff on his head to, I guess, cover up the baldness. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but, you know, clearly... He just, he wasn't aware of what it looked like that you would do something like that with your head. I guess to, to do men do that sometimes? I don't know, it was like, like black dye and, and a few scraggly pieces of hair. Um, it, just, it just made me feel sad because clearly this man had so much shame. But anyway, he came in, he was very sad, very not, no smiling, very dejected, very oppressed. And he sat, he sat down, and he wanted a, um, a spiritual reading, prophetic word. He also wanted a healing. So, okay, we didn't, weren't quite sure what the healing was, but we started giving him prophetic words. And we both felt like, well, you've been through a lot, but we just are seeing God is taking you through to the other side. He is. You're about to head into a rebirth. T- literally, we got some pictures and things like that. And as we started sharing with, with him, he burst into tears. He is just crying his eyes out. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, and he started to share with us that 20 years earlier, he had been watching that movie, Miracle on 34th Street. I've actually never seen it all the way through i should I should watch it, but um he um, was watching the movie, and there's something in there about Santa Claus being on trial. Is that right? And Santa Claus is being accused of all these crazy things, like like torturing animals and things like that. And so he said, as he's watching that movie. He had a memory that he had completely suppressed come up, that his father had done that. His father had tortured animals and forced him to watch and had um, made fun of him, completely made fun of him when he, you know, didn't want to do it, and he just was heartbroken and I think the thing that was so tormenting him was he felt so responsible. Like, I should have been able to do something to stop it. And he'd been carrying that tremendous burden all these years. That, you know, to have, first of all, very traumatizing to have to watch those things and then not to be able to do do anything to stop it. And it had just absolutely stunted him. So um, he hadn't known what to do with this. And here he comes to these perfect strangers... So we asked him, well, we know how to help you. Would you like Jesus to help you? And he said yes, because he was desperate. He was ready for whatever it would take. And we were able to help him get connected to Jesus, and we were able to help him recognize Jesus understands exactly what you went through. It was not your fault. This was not your decision. You were a child. You didn't have the power to change it and and, he, and Jesus loves you. He was able to release all that trauma, like some people in the class, we learned that today. He was able to release the trauma to Jesus, and he just starts smiling and glowing, and all that burden came right off him. Yeah, he had put himself in prison with his judgments for himself, Adney. And the, Jesus came and set the captive free. Yeah. He is. Because Ezekiel 36 says this, I will plant a new heart and a new spirit inside of you. I will take your old, stubborn, stony heart, and I will give you a willing, tender heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit inside of you and inspire you to live by my statutes and follow my laws. The voice isn't that wonderful when we we decide we're tired of kind of figuring things out all in our own strength and we invite him in to speak his truth to our hearts. It's amazing, amazing, amazing the truth, our God, our judge, our reconciler, the lover of our soul, the amazing, beautiful healing things. He will speak and do for us. So, in closing, and it's not quite time for the kids yet, so we have just a few minutes, I'm going to invite you all to close your eyes, if you're willing to go there. Because sometimes we don't even know what we might be holding against ourselves. Ooh. Yeah. So why don't you ask yourself right now? And I ask you, Jesus, to come and be with us. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place with your presence, Lord. Jesus. If we were to come, each one of us come right before you now, Lord. Is there something, is there anything we are holding against ourselves that does not agree (laughs) with your very high, your very good, your loving thoughts towards us? And why, Jesus, has it been hard to believe your truth? Now, if you can, look at his face, sense his presence, feel his nearness, Mm, feel his touch. Jesus, what would it look like, what would my life look like if I believed this truth you're telling me right now? And if you're hearing him say something, why don't you ask him? Just keep talking to him. Yeah. Jesus, show each one of these ones who you say they are. So I am going to break in a little bit <laughs> and invite those of you who have children who are able to go start fetching them back. Um, and if you're connecting with Jesus, talking to him right now, you please just stay right there. Um, if there's ministry team here. You can come forward. That would be great if you're able to, if you want to. And um, so you're free to just stay hanging out with Jesus or come up for ministry if you'd like. Yeah, thank you, Jesus.